0: build our lives and we live our lives for Jesus solely because he's the one who lives for us. I want to thank tar- Charles Binsley and the worship team there at Thomas Road he has been providing our music for us this morning. Uh, welcome to our live stream feed here coming from Red Lane Baptist Church. Let me apologize for uh, the... Uh, failure to turn my microphone on just a few minutes ago, but we're so excited that you've joined with us this morning on this Easter Sunday. We have much to be thankful for, much to rejoice about, much to celebrate in the life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know, Easter is love on display. It is the greatest true love kiss story that's ever been told. I'm a girl dad, and so I know all about true love kiss stories. I've read the books, I've read the stories. I know about Snow White and Prince Florian, Aurora and Prince Philip. I understand the story behind Rapunzel and Flynn Ryder, Ariel and Prince Eric, Tiana and Prince Naveen. I even know about Anna and Kristoff. I know about true love kiss stories. And as wonderful as these stories may be, they pale in comparison to the story of the Lord Jesus Christ there on the cross. Unlike their stories, his story is true. It's not a fairy tale. It is historic fact. So today on Easter, we celebrate the death. We celebrate the burial, and we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I love how the apostle John describes it in his gospel. In John chapter 19, there at the end of verse 16, he says, So they took Jesus, and he went out bearing his own cross to the place called the place of the skull. In Aramaic, it's called Golgotha. There they crucified him and with him two others, one on either side and Jesus between them. Then in verse 30 he says, when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished, tetelestai. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Chapter 20 verse 1 says this, now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early. While it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Jesus was crucified, Jesus was buried, and Jesus, as Mary Magdalene discovered, and those ladies who were with her, Jesus was resurrected. Why? Why did he go through all of this? Why was he crucified? Why was he buried? Why did he experience a resurrection? What is the purpose in this great story? Well, the Apostle Paul describes for us that love is on display. Love is on display in this story, the story of the crucifixion, the story of the burial, and the story of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to read for you this morning out of the passage that I want us to look at. Romans chapter 5, beginning in verse 6, reading through verse 11. Paul says, For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Paul describes the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus as love on display. That's what he's presenting to us. He shows his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. As Robert Mounts has said, life is precious and the yearning to live is strong. Nevertheless, once in a while, a person has sufficient courage to die for a generous friend. Remarkable thing about the death of Christ was that it took place, as Paul says, while we were still sinners. His love was on display. You see, Jesus did not wait. Think about this. Jesus did not wait until the performance of sinners matched the perfection of the gift of his grace. No, he came while we were still in our sin, bore our penalty in his body there on the cross. Jesus died for sinful human beings. He died for sinful men. He died for sinful women. He died for sinful boys and girls. While they were alienated from God and cared nothing for his affection, Jesus came. And on this Easter Sunday, we celebrate the love of God displayed in those three things, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. And it's portrayed in four ways. I'm going to share these four things with you this morning. We see the love of God displayed in, number one, substitution. Jesus is our substitute. Look back in verse 6. Paul says, for while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. And then verse 8, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He is our Substitute. What is a substitute? Well, a substitute is any person or anything acting or serving in place of another. And so there on the cross, Jesus was standing in the place of sinners. Paul said it this way to the church at Galatians, Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 and 5. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. So Jesus, at the right time came to offer himself. He came because the Father had directed him to come. He came to be a substitute for sinners. Jesus was to die, in other words, in the place of sinful men and women. Why was there a need, though, for someone or something to die? The answer to that question goes all the way back to the book of Genesis. It goes all the way back to the very beginning when God created Adam and Eve. And God told Adam there in Genesis chapter 2, verse 17, that he could have anything in the garden. And he, everything was for his pleasure. Everything was for his good. But there's one thing he would not and should not and must not eat from. And that was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Well, we know that Adam ate from that tree, Eve ate from that tree, and the Bible tells us that both of them died. They died in two ways. They died spiritually and they died physically. We know they died spiritually immediately because the Bible tells us in Genesis 3, verse 7, that they immediately felt their shame. They immediately began to see their own nakedness, and so they hid from God when he came walking in the garden calling for them. We know they died Physically, because in Genesis chapter 5, verse 5, after 930 years, which is a long life, Adam died. Death comes to those who are in sin. You see, Adam's disobedience, Adam's sin resulted in the death, his death, her death. It was Death that came into this world because it's the payment for sin. Adam's sin then has been passed down to every generation following him and to all people. We are all sinners because of sin. And all are under the just condemnation, the just penalty of death for sin. As a result of sin, Adam was cut off from God. Adam was separated from God as well as separated from life. But thankfully, even in Adam's personal story, God stepped in on his behalf. This is the beauty of the cross. This is the beauty of the resurrection. This is the beauty of the gospel that right there in the garden, when Adam and Eve had sinned against God, when they hid from God, when they cared nothing for God, and they came under the penalty of their own sin, Jesus comes walking. God comes walking to them. God speaks gracious words to them. And God provides a substitute to cover the shame of Adam and Eve. When that animal was sacrificed and the skins come from those animals were coverings for their bodies, covering their shame. It's a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the substitute there foreshadowed what was going to come through the Mosaic law. Moses came and and taught the people of God what they were to offer in their worship, what they were to offer in, in, in offerings toward their sin. Moses was going to command the people to slaughter lambs and bulls and heifers and goats and doves and everything like that as a sacrifice, as a substitute for sin. The offering of a sacrifice, and we look at it, and many of you are reading right with the rest of us through the Bible this year, and we're in the book of Leviticus and part of our readings, and we've been reading about these type of sacrifices. And when you read that, or if you were to observe it, you can't help but see that a sacrifice is a brutal scene. Blood is everywhere. Death is everywhere. And so Leviticus explains to us that the offering was brought to the priest. And there that sinner was to lay his or her hand on the head of the animal that was to be sacrificed. And then the animal's throat was going to be cut, slashed, and the blood drained into a basin for which the priest would take the blood and, and throw it against the sides of the offering. Then they would take the rest of the animal and flay it and lay it upon the offering and burn it completely as a sacrifice to God. Sacrificing of an animal was bloody and it was brutal. It personified the seriousness, it personified the depth of sin. It also forces the sinner to identify with the animal as a substitute. Because there is where the human should have been, there's where the man should have been. But in place of the man, in place of the woman, there was a substitute. But even in the Old Testament, those sacrifices were never enough. They never lasted. They had to offer them over and over and over again. Why is it? It's because they were symbolic. They were foreshadowing and pointing to one who would come to offer his life as a perfect and lasting and eternal substitute for the sins of man. That person is the Lord Jesus Christ who died in the place of sinners on the cross. He gave himself up as a sacrifice in place of others. So true love was on display through substitution, which provides for us our second thing, provides justification. You see, the love of God is displayed not only in substitution, but also in justification. Look at verse 9. Paul says, since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved from the wrath of God. The death of Jesus Christ, the substitutionary death, gives us justification. It justifies us before a righteous and holy God. What does it do for us? It satisfies the wrath of God against our sin." You see, when Jesus cried out from the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In that very moment, Jesus is bearing in his body the weight and the depth and the grossness and the, humil- and, and the horribleness of our sin. He was experiencing the full brunt of the Father's wrath, being exhausted against that sin there in his body. His life was being given in place of sinners. His sacrifice, thankfully, was accepted by the Father. It was accepted because it was holy. It was accepted because it was blameless blood. We know that through Adam's one sin, all of humanity was condemned. But through the one sacrifice, through the offering of the blood of Jesus Christ, all can be made clean and free and whole through Jesus. We can be made right with god justified through the sacrifice of the lord jesus christ and so that now jesus is for us who believed in him he is both just and fulfilling the law and the demands it has on sin but also being the justifier who makes sinners right with a holy god true love there on the cross was on display through justification which resulted think for that think about this it resulted in our reconciliation See, the love of God is displayed in substitution. It's displayed in justification. Thirdly, it's displayed in reconciliation as we are made right with God and brought to God. Paul says in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he goes on the first part of verse 10 to say this, For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son. Wow, isn't that good news? Paul is telling us right here that through Christ, sinners are reconciled. Sinners are brought near to God. Sinners are brought back into relationship with the God who has created them. We are brought into and restored to a friendly relationship with God, our creator. Justification satisfies and brings an end to the hostility of sinners toward God so that now we can have friendship we can have relationship with god sin once separated us sin once divided us sin once created war and hostility between us and god and us and others but now through grace and mercy that is found in jesus it now is uniting us to god uniting us to other believers it's bringing people bringing god together with us all of this is because of the death and the burial in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. We were once enemies of God, but now we're friends of God. In fact, the Bible takes it a step further. We are now sons and daughters of God. Why? It's because of Jesus and how he has reconciled us back to the Father. This morning on this Easter Sunday, we celebrate the love of God. We celebrate how it's displayed in the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus. And through it, how we are reconciled with God, the one who created us. True love was on display right there in our reconciliation. There's a third thing that I want you to see. The love of God is displayed in substitution, justification, reconciliation. Fourthly, it's displayed in salvation. Look at the latter part of verse 10. Much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. You see, the death of Christ, as we know, paid the penalty for sin, paid the price for our sin. It satisfied the justice of God the Father. But, and Hebrews tells us that his offering, once he made his offering, Jesus sat down at the right hand of God. How did Jesus, I want you to think about that with me. How did Jesus sit down at the right hand of God the Father once he made a, a, a propitiation, as the Bible tells us, a, a payment on our sin debt? How was he able, through the cross and the death, to sit down at the right hand of the Father? It's because of the resurrection. You see, Jesus didn't stay in the grave. Jesus didn't stay dead. He rose up. He came back to life, and he lives forevermore at the right hand of God the Father. So the answer is resurrection. The resurrection is of first importance to our faith. Without the resurrection, we have no gospel. Without the resurrection, we have no hope. Without the resurrection, we have no reason to gather right now on an Easter Sunday morning and make much of the name of Jesus because he's no different than others who have been martyred on behalf of others. Without the resurrection... There can be no hope beyond this life. Without the resurrection, we don't even have a gospel. Thankfully, Jesus was resurrected from the dead. His resurrection, in fact, was witnessed by hundreds of people, Paul tells us there in 1 Corinthians 15. And so today, sinners can be saved from death. Sinners can be saved and, and brought out of separation from God because of the resurrection life of Jesus Christ. Today, sinners can be forgiven of all sin and raised from death to life because of the resurrection of Jesus. Today, sinners can experience new beginning, a new life, because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ this morning I may not be and you may not be where you want to be in your personal walk with Jesus but if you know Jesus you're not where you once were you're not your life's different it's been changed it's been transformed and you're ever being changed into the likeness and the image of the Lord Jesus Christ he's changed you he's given you a new day and that old day that old life has passed that's something to rejoice in about That's something to be excited about. What we find here displayed in this passage of Scripture, what we find displayed in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is the love of God. The love of God displayed through substitution. The love of God displayed through justification as he makes us right with God. What we see here is displayed that, that the, the reconciliation, how Jesus has brought us near to God. And we see it displayed through salvation as Jesus gives us new life. You see the beautiful love of God on display? Do You see the wonderful story that the gospel gives us? Do you see how beautiful and and wonderful this Easter story really is? Why was it that Jesus had to suffer and die? John 3.16 tells us the answer is love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whosoever would believe in him, faith in him, would not, should not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, this is the greatest true love kiss story that's ever been told. This story, the stakes were so much higher than those other fairy tales. The danger was so much greater and the price was far superior. We were once dead in our trespasses and sins. We were once hopeless and cut off from God because of our sin. We were cut off from the life that God designed us to enjoy all because of our sin. But I love how Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5 puts it. He says, in the the situation that we once were, hopeless, cut off, separated from God, dead in our trespasses and sins. Verse 4 says, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love which he loved us, made us alive together with Christ. And the Bible has a lot of news for us. The Bible shares much that we need to know. The Bible tells us some good news. We, we share this every Sunday here at Red Lane Baptist Church. We talk about the good news of the Bible, and the good news of the Bible is that God loves you. We've read it in these passages of Scripture. We've seen it displayed there in the story of the cross. God loves you. The Bible tells us He's designed every single one of us to be in relationship with Him, perfectly ability to relate to God, unlike any other aspect of creation. That is the good news. God has a purpose for your life. God has a design for your life because he loves you the bible also tells us some bad news the bi- bad news is what we've seen it's the sin that has come in through adam to every generation from him it's corrupted and broken everything about our lives it's cut us off from the god who created us and desires to be in relationship with us sin has broken us sin's broken our relationships sin has broken our families and all aspects of our life that's the bad news but the bible has some great news the great news is this that God the Son has paid the penalty for your sin debt so that you can be set free justified, right standing before God the Father, reconciled into a right relationship with God the Father, and that you can have new life through salvation in Jesus Christ. That is the best news of the Bible. God loves you. Sin has broken you. But through Jesus Christ, you can be remade, restored, reborn to a new life in Jesus Christ. That's what Easter is all about. He is not here. Luke 24 tells us, he has risen. Why do you search for him, for him among the dead? He's not here. He has risen from the dead. He's risen so that we now can be raised from our life of sin and death into a new life in his goodness and in his grace. See, the word of the cross says that your sin has been atoned and covered. This means as a Christian, I can and I should lean into Jesus. I should lean into his gospel on a daily basis. This means as a sinner, someone who's separated from God, I can and I should confess and turn from my sin to repent of my sin and experience the forgiveness that Jesus has purchased for me. This means I have a message of hope as a follower of Jesus to share with an increasingly hopeless society. People today are hopeless. People today are looking for hope. We have a message of hope, and it's found in Jesus, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Isn't that good news this morning? Jesus loves us. Jesus died for us. Jesus has done everything to make us right with God, to bring us into fellowship with him, and to give us new life in him. Have you experienced this love? Displayed there on the cross, displayed there in the tomb, and displayed there in the glorious resurrected body of the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope you have. Just a moment, you're going to see a slide come on the screen. and, and This is a time, every time we open the Word of God, every time we come together and, and, and teach the Word of God and listen to the Word of God and learn from the Word of God, it demands from us a response. What is our response today? Well, some of you listening this morning you're a follower of Jesus, you're you're a believer in, in God, you've, you, there's a point in your life where you understood your sinfulness, you turned from that sin, you confessed it, you repented of it, and you trusted Jesus as Lord and Savior, and you're walking with him. And today, you, you, you need to be encouraged, and you've been encouraged. You just need to lean into the gospel, continue to lean in there, and, and grow in that relationship with him. Perhaps, though, there's some struggles in your life, you're fearful, you're concerned, there's anxiousness or whatever, and today you need prayer, and and through this you just have been reminded of the goodness of Jesus, and you need someone to pray with you, I'm going to encourage you to text uh, to us or or send us a message here at uh, at our church. Uh, You can text it to 804-727-9175. 804-727-9175, and just text prayer. If you need someone to pray with you, if you'll text that, we will call you later today, and we will pray with you. Perhaps this morning, you need to, as a follower of Jesus, just simply rededicate your life. You've been walking at a guilty distance. You know you're in a relationship with Jesus, but today you want to come home, so to speak. I want to encourage you to text to that number, 804-727-9175, that you just simply want to rededicate your life to Christ, and we'll contact you, and encourage you in your faith with the Lord Jesus. But perhaps this morning, the greatest need in your life is to put your faith and trust in Jesus, to turn from your sins and receive him as Lord and Savior. I want to encourage you to take your phone and text to us. just the simple word, believe. You want to put your faith and trust. You want to believe in Christ today. You text this morning to us, 804-727-9175, and we'll respond and help you find a relationship with Jesus Christ. This is Easter Sunday. We have much to celebrate, much to be excited about. We're we're thankful for Jesus. We're thankful for his gospel. We're thankful today for his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Let me pray for us. And I want to share with you just a couple announcements, and then we'll let you go this morning. And I wish you the best on this Easter Sunday. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you're a good God. We thank you that you're a holy God. We thank you that you are a giving and a forgiving God. We know through Jesus Christ you have shown us all of those things. God, this morning we celebrate and we rejoice in the substitute that Jesus is for us. We celebrate the justification that we find in Christ. We celebrate the reconciliation, how Jesus brings us back to God the Father. And we celebrate the new life found in salvation there in Jesus. And so, Lord, we're thankful today. We thank you for there's an empty tomb in Israel that just simply screams the validity of our faith. We give you glory this morning. We pray your blessings upon us and help us in this time of, of anxiousness and hopelessness in our society through this virus. Help us to be a voice of reason and a voice of hope as we point people to the Lord Jesus Christ. God, I pray for those who are listening this morning that the greatest need in their life is for them to be in relationship with Jesus. I pray you give them the courage to simply confess their sin with their faith and trust in Jesus. Lord, I pray they take their phone out and text and just say, I want to believe in Jesus. I want to rededicate my life to Jesus, or I need prayer this morning. We love you. Thank you for speaking to us and encouraging us from your word. We pray your blessings upon us in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, before I let you go, I want to just share a, a quick announcement with you. Wednesday night in our devotion and prayer time, I mentioned uh, just a, a prayer emphasis that we're going to begin to to lay out before you that's going to begin tomorrow. We're simply calling it Pray 714. It's coming out of Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, where the Bible says, If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves, pray, and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will heal from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their I can't think of a greater need in our culture today in our nation today than for that verse to be actualized in God's church. And so we want to pray to that end. We want to pray over our community. We want to pray over our church. We want to pray over our families, and we want to pray over ourselves individually these four things. God, help me to be humble before you. God, help me to be in fellowship with you through prayer. Give me a desire for that. God, help me to, to, to be hungry for fellowship with you through your word. God, help me to repent and turn from all sin in my life. Because then comes the promise. I will hear, forgive, and heal. We need that. So I want to encourage you. Pray 714. It, it, is this, it, this is how it plays itself out. We want to encourage you at 714 every single day, 714 a.m., 714 p.m., get on your knees, read through this verse, pray through this verse, and pray those four things. God, help me be humble. Help me desire to be fellowship with you through prayer, fellowship with, shout, fellowshipping with you through the Word, and God help me to walk away from my sin. We believe that if we'll pray, if we'll seek God's face, we'll turn from our sin. He will hear, He will forgive, and He will heal. We need that, so I want to encourage you to begin to pray that, use that tag or that uh, that pound sign, pray seven fourteen, and spread this through social media and things like that. But encourage other believers to begin to pray here in our area and across our state and even across the country, praying for God to move in our midst in this time of pandemic, this pan- this time of seemingly hopelessness that's um, so pervasive around us. book. So excited this morning to be with you. My blessings upon you on this Easter Sunday. And uh, I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful holiday. Make much of Jesus. Encourage one another. Serve one another. And let's continue to be the hands and feet of the Lord Jesus in this time of crisis. God bless you. Have a great day. We'll see you Wednesday night.